Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Emma. Is it Dowd? Is that how you say your last name? Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Hi, everyone. We're so grateful to have Emma here today. We worked together for years at AMFM 247, a wonderful platform helping podcasters really get their message out there using AMFM platforms and channels, as well as TV now, Roku, and we'll go into that later. But today we're here to talk about Emma's amazing story. Um, the title is We're Not Invisible, Debunking Intersect myths. Um, it's come out a lot in the news about people dealing with intersex, making transition changes in their sex, but there's a lot not known about intersex, and she's going to share her amazing story. So welcome, Emma, to the show. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah, it is. Last time we talked about your wonderful company, uh, Gladys Goodies, and I bought some for Henry Hogg, my little yum-yum friend, and he loves them. So um, everyone, just pay attention to that at the bottom right there. You'll check that out. We're chatting. You want to go there after the interview and buy some for your furry friends, your doggy friends. But share with us a little bit about your backstory, what led um, to you going through a transition yourself and all of that. I never thought it was going to happen. I really didn't. Um, I thought it was under the under the the rug, and I'd be fine. And kind of in tenth grade is when I, I I've always known something was wrong. I just didn't know how to say it. I didn't know what to do. And by the time I did, it was kind of way too late for me to go out and actually tell anybody because it just is too late. It was too much yeah. of a. I was too wrapped up into it. Mm-hmm. So. In 10th grade is when it started kind of showing out that I started developing breasts. And I was like, 
how do I fix this? I have not taken I have not taken PE yet, and in Florida, mm-hmm. it is a requirement to graduate mm-hmm. to take PE. Um, probably in some other states too. So what am I going to do? And I was I knew that I would probably be beat up if I went into the locker room, and even, even if I just pulled my pants down just to change, that mm-hmm. was a big problem because I had both I have both genitals. Mm-hmm. So. It was really hard, and I have to explain for the audience that it wasn't that you had one or two; you actually had both genitals. So you were, though chromosomally, you were male or female. Chromosomally female. Mm -hmm. And when you're everything that 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 was the the male side of it, it, it's there, but it does not work, and it's it's almost to the point of not even really being there for a reason, other Mm -hmm. than to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But when you take down your pants and you got to kind of show things, you know, when you're dressing out, <laughs> it was tough. So I used to wear like pants under my pants. So mm-hmm. the the teacher would think that I dressed out, but I really didn't. And mm-hmm. even with my shirt and everything else, I did, I did, you know, undershirts and everything. So it made it look like I had something that I changed into because mm-hmm. uh, it was so much a part of my grade. And then, so I started taking testosterone to stop that right towards my end of my, my, at the end of my sophomore year, beginning of my junior year. And I did that till about the year 2000. And then I kind of started to produce it myself. So I, what little, because I had both of, I had both genders in me, I could produce it myself and and produce Mm -hmm. it. I don't want to say it brought me up to normal levels. I want to say it just kind of brought me to a level that it was enough to subdue the estrogen because my Mm -hmm. estrogen levels were actually 100% normal for females when I started taking it, I was around 160, 170 for estrogen. And I was about 50 for, for testosterone. Mm-hmm. I flipped it and it went up to about 500 for testosterone and stayed around the low 100s for the estrogen. Mm-hmm. So everything was cool. Uh, that's when they also found out, found out I had a uterus and everything else. And mm-hmm. so my bleeding ulcer was not a bleeding ulcer. Mm-hmm. So the testosterone helped subdue that. So that way I wasn't in, you know, cramping and having, you know, menstrual cycles. So after 2000, when I stopped taking the testosterone, I produced enough that it just kind of kept me at bay. And then Mm -hmm. around 2019, I took a hit to the head. It was right at the very base of of your head where your head comes in and your neck starts. Mm -hmm. That kind of damaged the pituitary gland. So I stopped producing the, the natural the testosterone that I was that I was producing, so I went uh-huh. from about five hundred to just a little over three hundred and ninety, like on the close uh-huh. to four hundred range. And then here comes the breast development again. And now, what else did it do to your body besides maybe um, some female components? Did it, did it do anything else to the rest of your body, your health? I mean, how did that come about at that time? It didn't mm-hmm. really screw up my health. The testosterone did. The testosterone kind of expedited the MS symptoms that I have and people that are mm-hmm. estri- that have that are intersex actually mm-hmm. can have a lot of other uh, symptoms like MS or Parkinson's or anything else along the way. Um, mm-hmm. And I just got mine really early. So, cause mm-hmm. I started ha- developing that in, in high school, but what it did do is it screwed up my voice. It deepened my voice and my voice will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah. Um, it gave me some facial hair that I have to take care of and it's very painful to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it expedited my MS. So that's why when I, when this started happening, I had a choice. Do mm-hmm. I, do I stick with it and yeah. go get the testosterone and possibly get sick? Or do I do nothing and see what happens? Mm-hmm. And 
we both decided that it was probably best just to not do the testosterone, not risk my life and see what happens. And mm-hmm. this is what I got. Yeah. <laughs> now, how are you feeling today? Because we're going to go deeper into the conversation because I don't think people understand that it's not just such an easy black and white. Uh, it's very gray. Um, but there are a lot of kids who are confused because it's really being pushed right now that, hey, you know, you can be you can be trans or you can switch sexes like like you just wake up in the morning and decide to be female. But for some people, they might not be intersex. They might not even be really truly feeling that, but it feels like a great thing to do and jump on the wagon. Uh, you know, so I'd like also that we share what parents and teachers might do to help people who are going through this and, and to really have that, that deep conversation of what's best for them. I think that's yeah. important too, because <laughs> if I had known what was going to happen to me, I never would have done it. And I was impressionable and I was also mm-hmm. bullied in school. So I was trying to do everything that I could possibly do to avoid being further bullied. Um, yeah. I had some horrible things done to me. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a smart move for me to do that. And at the time, and this is 1996, 1995. So mm-hmm. um, being intersex, being transgender, being gay was just not, a, it was a very taboo thing. Mm-hmm. And especially where I live here, it was not, very well accepted or adapted. So I decided to do what I did to avoid that. Now, nowadays what I'm seeing is, is that they're kind of pushing it as opposed to saying, you know what, it's okay to, to respect everybody. It, it, you know, just be their friend. I know they're different, Mm -hmm. but be the friend. They're almost pushing a agenda to where Mm -hmm. when you're born, you're not actually male or female until you choose what you want to be. And Mm -hmm. if you don't want to be anything, you don't have to be anything. And that's where I'm getting a, I have a big problem with it because um, it destroys your life. You know, mm-hmm. if you make the wrong yeah. choice, it's going to destroy your life. Um, now, does it, did, did it destroy your life because of the drastic changes like surgery or is it the hormones or what, what specifically you think is really, really bad? Well, the hormones are not necessarily expensive, but whatever you do, if you're going to go from a male to female, you're going to mm-hmm. grow breast. And if you decide, I don't want to do this anymore, this isn't mm-hmm. what I was supposed to be. And I kind of got <gasps> caught up in the, um, in the glorification of transgenderism. It's going to, you're going to have to have a, have a mastectomy. So you're going to have big, long circles caught underneath here and it will f- be flattened out. Um, mm-hmm. If you did happen to get the bottom surgery, when it's re when it is, brought back, which they can do to make you a male again, it's mm-hmm. never going to be the same. It's never going to act the same. Your ability to have a, a baby is gone. And that's the same thing for women that go to men if, if they decide to do that, because they would have to have a hysterectomy. And mm-hmm. yes, they could probably make it look a little bit more normal being mm-hmm. a female than a male, but it's still, you're never going to be the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you take out your, when you take out a use your uterus or you take out your testosterone, your testicles, you will never, ever, ever be able to get off hormones. You're stuck to this. Why? So you, what happens? Technically, you don't have the ability to produce it anymore. You know? and, and your body does need these hormones. They're absolutely necessary. Yeah. Wow. I mean, when you do a hysterectomy, technically what you're doing is putting yourself into um, directly into menopause. So, mm-hmm. you know, they will have to be on testosterone or estrogen the rest of their lives, just kind of like I am, mm-hmm. um, you know, my voice is screwed up. It's going to cost me over, over, I think it's around $3,000 to work on getting my voice back and it will never be the same. So Mm -hmm. it will be better, but it won't be the same for me. um, Just looking at my face, it's costing me $2,700 to fix my face with the, with the hair. Um, 
if by some chance I wanted to to fix my genitals, it's going to be $39,000 that's not covered by the hospital. Mm-hmm. So pushing this stuff is okay if they know truly what they're doing. I mean, transgender. I know this is probably going to be very controversial, but mm-hmm. I believe this and I hear from a lot of other transgender people, it is a mental disorder. So mm-hmm. before they do something that they really should have you understand what mm-hmm. is involved with this, because it is life changing. Yes, you can kind of look about the same as you did before, mm-hmm. but you never will be exactly the same. And it will have mental effects on you. It will have other effects on you. And that's a really important thing to do. And that's why can, I can, can I ask you a question quickly on, on mental, what's going on mentally? Is it like, um, body dysphoria sort of, or, Oh, really? It's, it's exactly it. I mean, for me, I don't necessarily need to change. I was mm-hmm. fine. However I was, I mean, it was a lot harder to be a male than it was mm-hmm. a female because it wasn't naturally how my brain was wired, but mm-hmm. for a transgender individual, from what I've been seeing and all the people I've talked to that are, when they look in the mirror, they are completely dissatisfied with everything they see. And mm-hmm. so what they want to try to do is if you're truly transgender, you want to completely move away from one gender to the other and be that person 110 percent. Mm-hmm. And it is it does debilitate them. I mean, I, people have said that they've actually not been able to get out of their house because of how badly they see themselves. And that bothers me. So yeah, yeah, a transition for somebody like that is definitely more than likely a a solution to help them just live their life. But people that are caught up in the glorification of it Mm -hmm. and how they see how other transgenders are treated and they like that attention, what they're going to end up going through is they're going to do this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. realize, oh, this was not for me. And then they got to come back. I've been seeing so many so many detransitioners on YouTube, it's almost alarming. And it's like, why was this, why, why did this even happen? Why were they allowed to do this? And unfortunately Mm -hmm. here in the United States, it's pretty easy to, um, like I found out there's a person in Sweden that I follow on YouTube Mm -hmm. and they have to go through two years of mental, um, of mental counseling before they're even considered available to do the surgery. And that's only if they're allowed to, if they are allowed to, then they start hormone treatments, which is another two years. And then after that, then they can do the surgery themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, right here, you don't really have to do much. You just have to say you're transgender, yeah. and bam, you yeah. can pretty much do it. I mean, the, the surgeon I went to made sure that people that are transgender wants at least a year of counseling and a year of, of hormones, which mm-hmm. is good but again, you got to know what you're getting into. And yeah. the hormones completely screwed me up. I mean, I have semi-male features. I have um, mm-hmm. my voice is screwed up. Everything's screwed up, and I'll never get that back. Yeah, yeah, I get you there. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of pain and heartache, uh, even going through the surgery or the hormones, because hormones, uh, as we were talking about before, regardless, like I'm going through menopause now, and a lot of things are changing on my body just as I'm starting to lose that uh, estrogen, progesterone, and all that female uh, hormone. You think, ah, what's the big deal? Lose, a little, lose, lose my period. Yay. But yeah, that is the yay part, but there's some not yay to it as you, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it, but to do it to yourself, especially when you're going through, like you're not fully developed yet. And they, and they say to kids, Oh yeah, let's get, get you started on those hormones. 
what is that going to do for a not completely grown, growing person? Uh, what could that result in later on? And to really have them understand the consequences, because like you said, you can't just go back boom quickly. And there is a lot of pain, both with the hormones. And then later on, if you go through surgery, if you have to detransition the pain there. Now, how was it for you? And this is something that's also not discussed much, um, both as a teenager, and then again, now deciding, okay, I, I really am a female and I need to live who I am. How was that talk with family and friends? With, with, I'm, I'm assuming really hard. The talk with, with family and friends was actually really hard. My family mm-hmm. probably the most because they were Christian conservative. And I listened to a lot of the woke generation and they're like, oh my God, you're going to lose your entire family. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. They're going to hate you. That was not the truth. And actually the people that I lost the most, believe it or not, were my transgender, my uh, gay friends, and the liberal friends that I had, which were the people that that promoted that this is that they support this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which kind of shocked me. I'm not. Gonna well, why were they upset? What was their take on it? Why were they so upset? They or? said I was being I was being false, and I was I was a I was a hypocrite and a liar. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody came up to me and said, "Hey, are you a girl? Are you a guy?" <laughs> they never said that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't actually lie, but I wasn't coming out as as who I was anyways. But mm-hmm. what transgender person did it was like mm-hmm. that since birth, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when I was in school, I never fit in being male at all. I would pick out a few guys that I thought were probably like the alphas to look mm-hmm. at and said, mm-hmm. okay, I like what that person does. I like what this person does. I see what they do here. So what I tried to do is I mimic them. And I put it into my own style, but I was still extremely shy. Um, I, I didn't know how to relate to them. They didn't know quite how to relate to me. So telling them it made a lot of sense, which is good. Mm-hmm. But I think my family was the hardest. And that's why I don't want to listen to stereotypes because we're so mm-hmm. critical of this is the left. This is the right. This is what they believe. This is what they believe. And if you don't believe mm-hmm. this, you can't believe anything. Yeah. And you're, you're excommunicated from that group. But what we did, what I did is I kind of prejudged things based upon what other people were saying. And that mm-hmm. is not what happened. If I would have known this, I would have told everybody a lot sooner mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have gone through the pain and suffering that I had to get yeah. to this point. It would have been done and over with and probably a lot easier. And you know what? I may not have even had to take the testosterone, mm-hmm. but I listened yeah. to, I listened to people that were just so political yeah, yeah. Now, and and you also told me that it was um, that it, it you know it was a hard transition. Once you had to do this later in life, it was you know you said you were tired all the time living this lie, and you finally had to come out and, and say, okay, doing this all day every day is exhausting. And then you mentioned fatigue, living this lie. Oh yeah, I mean when I would go to school and, and during the day, I mean I literally had to mimic people and I had to watch what I was saying. I had to, uh, my mannerisms, everything, everything had to be checked and done. And then when I would come home, luckily it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. So like between two to five, I had a time for myself. My mom was at work and then I would go to work myself. And usually I was by myself. I mean, I didn't really have anybody hanging over me all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I would go to sleep and I would do it again. Now, when I got older, I had to be at the office literally at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then at you know, five o'clock at night, I was coming home and then my spouse would come home around five 30. And so I literally had no time to fix things. And I literally was living with them too. So they had to, they, I had to hide from them. So by 11, like when they would go to bed at like 11 o'clock, 11, 12, one, 
I'd be decompressing because I was too wound up to actually go to sleep. And I was just trying to de-stress myself. And yeah. it takes a toll on your body. I mean, it beats you up. I mean, you, you don't eat right. You don't think right. And it was exhausting. And to do that for so long, it was getting harder and harder and harder to hide. Yeah. Yeah. And you did mention MS, a big contributing factor. Um, is that an autoimmune disease, MS? The what? Yeah, it is an autoimmune disease. disease. Basically, what what happens is is that your body attacks the nerve uh, casing. The Mm -hmm. one, it's kind of in the same position. It goes like um, MS, Parkinson's, and then ALS. They all have the same symptoms, but like when you get Mm -hmm. Parkinson's, you pretty much have the shakes and the muscle spasms from the start. ALS, you go into that, and then it goes directly into like a a a debilitating thing where you can't move. MS is the same thing, but I can put it into remission, which is good. So I can literally live 40, 50 years like this, whereas somebody with Parkinson's may not get that opportunity. But Mm -hmm. it depends on how your body reacts. The MS could take you out in six months or it could take 50 years. So there's really Mm -hmm. no time frame for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, and you mentioned nutrition and, and keeping away from stress. Yeah, I mentioned that because stress is a big trigger for a lot of autoimmune to anyone listening in. Now, let's talk to parents out there who have kids who might be going through what you went through. What is your suggestion to maybe someone listening in with a kid or maybe there's a teenager listening and going, I, I, I relate. I'm there right now. What, what do you want to tell them? Well, first of all, they need to be kind and they need to be understanding. The worst thing that you can do is push a child away because then they're going to go do stuff, something stupid, like run away or find somebody that they can literally latch onto that will listen to them. And that could stray them into into a position that's not going to be a good place for them. So listen to them, take them at their word because they're probably right, especially if they're young, because they really shouldn't understand this at that point in time. But I would not suggest going through hormone therapy at all. I wouldn't suggest that until they get older, because mm-hmm. let's just say it's a, it's a male that wants to be a female. If you stop the, the, the growth of testosterone, their body will not completely develop the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they want to be a woman, they're going to need that skin in order to make the, the vaginal canal. But if it doesn't grow, they have to take it from other places. The, the, mm-hmm. the surgery is riskier. So yeah, I can understand letting them to kind of dress up or do whatever they need to do, mm-hmm. but I would not suggest doing anything until they are old enough to fully understand what is going to happen here if that change happens. Mm-hmm. So maybe 16, 17, 18, you can even kind of play around with it. Yeah, it's not like yeah. they're out of the woods at this point in time mm-hmm. and you know, their life's over and they're ready to go to pasture. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, definitely take your time and listen and research yourself. This yeah. is what's going to happen to this person when they do this kind of stuff. The best thing about, you know, when you're a child and you want to, you believe you're transgender or intersex, you want to be that other sex at that point in time. For women to be a man, it's just a haircut and clothes. And for mm-hmm. men, it's kind of the same thing. They just wouldn't have the, the breast development more than likely until they get older. But there are mm-hmm. forms and some other things that they can kind of do to make themselves fit in. And if they can live like that and it's truly how they feel and they, they're truly relaxed and happy, then maybe consider doing something a little bit later. But yeah. um, I don't I, th- I, I don't truly agree with putting somebody on hormones right away. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that it's wrong for them. And if they want to do that and that's what's right for their family, that's their choice. And I will support whatever they want to do that's best for their child 
or best mm-hmm. for their family. Yeah. But I wouldn't suggest it because of the, the ramifications that I had from it. Um, like I said, yeah. I would, we didn't know, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't do research. I just took people at their word. I don't know if there was even much research back in the nineties or eighties, perhaps, um, you know, and I think the internet was just kind of taking hold uh, right now. All the information is at your fingertips makes it a lot easier. Um, I like that you say, you know, give it a chance to really go through and see what are you really feeling? Is this something I truly want to do because going backwards is not going to be as easy. Um, now I hear a lot of people in the community who have gone through like, Oh, I wish I'd done this earlier. And they truly believe that you should start as early as possible. What, what is their take on it, do you believe? Why do, why do they want to push to go earlier? It's just so they're set when they're adults and they're where they want to be? or Probably hitting the ground running. But, you know, we don't know the, the, the severity of their, of their gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. So it could be really, really bad, really, really early. And it could be driving them into potential suicide. So yeah, mm-hmm. for some people, that's great. I mean, they want to, if their if their gender dysphoria is extremely bad, mm-hmm. it can really make them feel like they're not worthy. They're not healthy. They're not who they are. Mm-hmm. Even though they can wear clothes and they could put on a wig, they can do whatever they want to do to change it to them. That's just not enough. And mm-hmm. that's a different situation. So yeah, I can yeah. see where they wanted to be there. But for the most part, you got to realize that whatever you do, it's going to be semi-permanent and it will never come backwards. So I always like to say, give it some time. I mean, I kind of wish I had done it earlier, too, and just Mm -hmm. not done anything. Right now, I'm detransitioning is really what Mm -hmm. essentially that I'm doing um, Mm -hmm. because I stopped myself from developing the the gender that I really was Mm -hmm. by testosterone. And I shouldn't have done that. Um, But I don't really totally regret everything either. I just regret what I did to my body without, without physically thinking things through. I was more mm-hmm. scared yeah. and I was more pushed by peer pressure and mm-hmm. pressure from schools and stuff like that to do what I did. And it wasn't the right thing for me. Yeah. And you probably just didn't know the, at the end what all of the effects were going to be. Uh, but today, uh, thanks to you and other people who are coming out and, you know, really telling people, what to pay attention to, to really think it through, because here's the result that could be good or bad, depending on on your perspective. Um, But I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out where they can find out about your amazing businesses and your podcast. It's Emmy's Emma's World. I love that. And uh, share a little bit about that. And you also have AMFM 247. Share. Yep. If you're a podcaster and you want to have a a chance to get on the radio, amfm247.com is where you can find it. And we have some great packages for people that want to expand past the podcasting. And if you want to see what I have in my life, I've been, I'm trying to become a more of a a vocal advocate for intersex people being two genders and trying to fight life as through both eyes and I'm doing that through our YouTube channel and my It's Emma's World. Plus, I talked to some amazing celebrities. It's, it's itsemmasworld.com. Go check that out, too. And if you want some really cool treats for your dogs, and it's natural, it's healthy, it's Gladys, G-L-A-D-D-Y-S, goodies.com. And right there. it was molded after my dog that got sick. And uh, unfortunately, we lost her last year. But um, she loved them. And yeah. I haven't really met a dog that hasn't. Yeah, my Henry loved them too. And I can't believe you guys fell off my radar because Henry was eating them up and then 
we somehow in, in between all of that moved to Texas, but we got to get back on your list here because Henry loves them. They're delicious. They're totally natural. They're a lot. Well, you know, the dog industry food, dog food, really not healthy for dog, but this is uh, Emma. I just have to thank you again for your great honesty and your courage to come on here and share your full story today on Forbidden Speech, Savvy's new series. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I hope I help some people. I hope so. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.